Blog Talk Radio. Are you ready to awaken to the truth of your soul? Welcome to today's episode of the Nadia Khalil Morning Show with your host, Nadia Khalil. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to today's show. Today is Thursday, June 20th, 2019. We're trucking along. It's a big birthday day. It's just one of those days where you click on birthdays and you have like 20 people. So it's a big day. I think it is the first day of summer or is tomorrow the first day? Summer begins. It's the last day of spring today, first day of summer tomorrow. So we're entering the hot zone. So good luck, everybody, with that one. Today is Dream Theme Thursday. I have a ton of dreams, so I'm going to hit them right off the top. I have this one is an anonymous dream. It says, Dear Nadia, if you have time to interpret a nightmarish dream I had last night, I would be grateful for it. If possible, I would like to remain anonymous. I don't remember a lot of the dream, but it had a Hunger Games feel and theme to it. It was during the day, and we were up the mountains in a beautiful, lush country setting inside a mansion of a home. I was basically alone, but the house was filled, and I knew that even though I didn't see cameras, that we were being filmed. A few of the SNL cast members were in Dracula and other iconic dark character costumes. I don't know why I was there, but I had to participate, and I had no clue as to why I was there or why I had to play this game. I remember that someone who was, who was a young man had a big role in this fiasco and wanted to escape, and they were all aware of it. They somehow told all of us, or we just somehow knew, that if this person tried to escape, a bear hiding at the top of the stairs would get him. So I guess he couldn't escape. I was in a very large room, and everyone entered. I knew that the game was on and that all of us had to be on our toes or we would die. I was concerned for others, but I knew I needed to stay focused on me or I would die. In heart, I knew that this one SNL cast member wanted to kill me. She had a spear and then she grabs the tip off the spear and throws it at me. I knew it was a clear miss, but it passed me diagonally, and it was only a few feet away. I went to the wall and pulled out the spearhead, and knew, And now I knew it was my turn to throw it. Somehow, we are now on break. No one had any privacy. I passed through a bathroom, and I saw newspapers with the same SNL cast members who were pictured on the cover of the front page in their staged outfits in the mansion. I wanted to pretend to use the bathroom to read the article, but I couldn't close the door. As I went to close the door as much as I could for privacy, I saw a former coworker smiling as he was having a good time in another room. Finally, I opened the paper and began to read. Before I could even start to read, I was told that the show or the game was ready to begin. That SNL woman would always be staring at me like she had a mission to get rid of me. Nadia, I felt unease throughout this dream, and I never wanted to be there. 
Any thoughts would be much appreciated, much loved your way. One thing for sure is that lately I feel like I have no time for anything. In the midst of selling a home, and although the process is fairly new, it feels like selling my home is taking forever. I do wish I could go away and be done with me, but that's not possible. In a sense, I guess I feel trapped. I so wanted to sell this process is a pain and dealing with brokers is not a walk in the park for sure. So this dream is just telling you that you feel like you don't have any good choices. It's like no matter where you go, you're you're forced to do something you don't want to do. But the bigger thing is, is that you really don't care. It's like you want someone else to come in, be you, and do this for you so you could leave. Because you couldn't leave, but you and you have to face it. It's almost like when we have to do our taxes. We can't get away from doing our taxes. We hate it. We have to go through all this stuff to get it done. And all this is telling you is that when you're in a place that's scary and you can't get out alive, and it looks like a nightmare, your brain is just processing. It's just processing you having to make it through something, and it's telling you, just face it. There's no escape. You can't, for your example, sell a home without selling the home and preparing the home. And everybody wants a piece of that pie. And that's what you're responding to is that, you know, what everybody wants from you isn't necessarily what you want to give them. And processes like this, when you don't understand what's going on, what's around the corner, is the part that just makes you want to get rid of this. Just let me get it done. So what I would do if I were you is in this process, if there's anyone you know, a friend, um, somebody in your family that might be willing to walk this process with you, you wouldn't feel so alone. And like everywhere you go, somebody's trying to get something out of you. Because everybody needs an opportunity. So selling a home involves a broker, a mortgage banker, a buyer, you're the seller, what you guys agree on. You have somebody who comes to do the appraisals. If there's repairs, you have to decide about that. Then you have to move and you have to do the whole process to get in somewhere else. So it just feels like it doesn't end. But all the people that get a piece of the financial pie, everybody's trying to maximize what they can get out of this process. So that explains the house that you can't get out of or mansion that you can't get out of. And all the characters in it are all the different people that are just trying to get something out of you. They're not going to let you go until they get what they want is how you feel. And so the process is draining. It's frustrating. You kind of want to like, really go to great lengths to protect yourself, but like in your dream, you feel very exposed.
exposed. You cannot protect yourself. You have no privacy. Every single thing about you, every payment you made on a card, everything about your credit, everything about you, everything about your house, everything about moving. And and then where you really kind of get some of it back is when you actually move because what's happening to you selling is also teaching you how to buy. That makes any sense. But all of these different traps, the lady throwing the spear at you and missing is the biggest part. Because in here, nobody's going to get out of you what you don't want to give them. You are aware. You just don't like seeing what you're seeing. And when you say you're concerned for others, but you knew you needed to stay focused on you or you would die, that's right there, that paragraph about the large room and the spearhead and and that, it's like, hey, I want to care about people, but this is a dog-eat-dog process, and I don't like it. So if I have to take care of anything, I'm going to take care of me first. So what seems like a nightmarish dream is actually just, it took what's going on and it put it in a sense of order. Like, wow, this is how extreme I feel. And I don't like feeling like this. I like being someone who helps, who cares, who works with a team, the whole thing. And now you have everybody who's making their living off of one sale. And sometimes in real estate, someone might not have a sale come along that often and you have to deal with everyone and everything costs a lot of money when you want to move it's like when you go to the doctor and you need a test and you get a I remember when we were younger you would just go to the doctor you'd get one bill now you get like 10 bills the person who saw you for this the person who saw you for that everybody has their own bill and you need a whole week to figure out where everything goes and calling people and paying and making sure it's right and all of that due diligence. And the due diligence part here is just overwhelming. But take a deep breath. You survived this fear. You understand that you need to watch out for yourself no matter what comes at you. This roving bandwagon of people with things that they want and need. They're not bad people. They're just, they all know what this opportunity means and what you really feel is like you just didn't expect all that. And I will say, if you haven't sold a home in the past 10 years or even five years, It's a different world out there. So just try to find something good about the process and focus on that. Try to focus on it. Good luck. So I have another dream, another anonymous dream. Good morning, Nadia. I have an anonymous dream for Thursday. I was walking around in a strange but familiar town naked. My hair was long enough to cover my back all the way to my butt. I carried a pillow to cover my front. 
I walked around looking at what I had done in my life so far, impossible things like biking up a waterfall, visiting my own grave, which was beautiful, having a conversation with my ex that made sense. Then I felt my own nakedness and discomfort. I decided to get my body tattooed. It was a beautiful tattoo, intricate binds and spirals that decorated the right side of my body, including my face. Smaller dots and flowers were on the left side, especially the inside of my left arm. Then I started worrying about getting infections. But the tattoo artist came back and put a yellow solution on the skin. He called it neon. I saw how much he cared and realized my worries were thieves in my mind, and I was okay. Then I thought of my parents and how they could not accept me like this, especially my father. Then a very happy part of me said, but I am expressing myself. This is how I feel, and it feels wonderful. I love my tattoos. Wow. So in real life, I never got tattooed. I thought of it, but never did. What a dream. What a riddle. Thank you so much for Dream Theme Thursday. What a resource. This dream is just letting you know that a part of you still feels unexpressed. Not to the world. You've conquered the world. Biking and all of the stuff that you said you did great at. You even visited your own grave. The biggest fear we all have is of dying. Nobody wants to just think, well, I'm going to die today. So it's, it's all the worst fears that people really get scared of. You're actually not scared of. But you're still trying to be the rebellious child to your dad. Well, I'll do this. And it's so beautiful. And I'm so invested in it. I knew it's going to piss off my dad. Think about that. What I would suggest to the person who sent this dream in, and I want you to really think about this. What if? Your mother and your father were no longer here. Who would you fight against? It's not about what you've conquered. It's not about the tattoo or how beautiful it is. It's not about having a conversation that makes sense with your boyfriend. It's about being comfortable in your own skin. And that's where you're not comfortable. So instead of kind of fighting yourself on that, you segue and you find something to fight your parents on, if that makes any sense to you. You find something. It's like your parents are there. And if they died, you'd be, wow, I really miss them. Wow, I wish they were still here. But no matter how old you are, you're still fighting them, trying to prove you're an individual. The truth is you already are an individual. 
and you don't need a tattoo to prove that, even in your dreams. But you're still trying to show them that, look, I did this. I know you don't like it, but it makes me happy. And then you see the faces. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't push myself to fight my parents so, so hard. You may not like their views. You may not like the things they've chosen to do. You may not even like the way they raised you. But somewhere in you, that lack of comfort is a part of just being yourself. You don't have to do anything to make anybody get a reaction. You just have to be you. Even if you is quiet. Even if you just likes to read books and work and come home or climb a mountain. Whatever you is. You got to be comfortable with you. And you won't have to prove to your parents anything. The day I knew that I didn't have to prove anything to my parents, I felt an overwhelming sense of, oh, wow, that's what this feels like. One time I did something that really did upset my mom and dad. And it was the one thing they didn't want us to do in our lifetimes, and I did it. And when I did it, my mom told my sisters that she could not talk to me ever again because she did not know how to deal with what I did. And it wasn't that bad to the naked eye, but in our culture, it was really bad. It was stepping out of our culture. And so I called her. And I said, Mom, I know you're upset about what I did. Yes, I am. I said, I know you don't want to talk to me right now. No, I don't. I said, well, let's at least agree that we love each other. Yes, I do love you. I just don't know how to deal with this. I said, I know. I said, Mom, we were born in different countries. We were born in different times. We were born in different ways. But it doesn't change the love. And I remember I had to go to the bathroom and close the door because I didn't want anyone to hear this conversation in my house. And my house was filled with people at the time. And I said, if anything happens to me, I want you to know that I love you. And she said, well, if anything happens to me, I want you to know I love you too. And we agreed that we loved each other. No matter what went on around us, we both agreed that we did. And that day, I knew my mom really loved me. I knew. In my heart. And it was the day that I pushed everything to the wall. 
I was forced to see it, and so was she. Wasn't easy. A year later, my father died. Two years after that, she died. Before she died, we started to kind of call each other, not really talk like we used to, but call each other. And she was really, really lonely. And I I called her when she first went to the hospital and nobody really knew anything was wrong, like she was going to die wrong. And I told her I was going to come and see her and stay for two weeks. And she said, please come. And then she had the aneurysm and I never did get to go except to see her and sit with her in the hospital. And the only thing left, even when she wasn't fully aware, and the only things we could say to each other was how much we loved each other. And when she couldn't answer me back, I talked to her. And I just explained all these things and just told her all this stuff. And I really felt heard even though she couldn't talk back. And this went on for four months of my traveling back and forth from California to Chicago. And when she left, I thought, oh my gosh, I have no one to push against anymore. I knew what her answers were going to be. I knew I was going to argue with them. I knew I was going to challenge them. But I'd ask her anyway. Because in a way, it still made me feel like a kid, like a child, like I wasn't an adult yet. Even though I had kids, even though I'd been married, even though all of that, having a mom allows you, or a dad, to still feel like a child. Even when you lose one parent, you still have the other parent. So when you lose them both, you're like, wow. I'm on earth and I don't have parents anymore. And this dream, it doesn't, it's not about upsetting your family, boyfriend, parents, mom, dad, nobody understands us, nobody gets us, but look what I've done now. You say, what a dream, what a riddle. The riddle is just, Forget who you're going to be tomorrow or today. Just be you. Be comfortable in your own skin because your parents aren't going to live forever. None of ours do. We are not going to live forever. But really, it's like in your mind somewhere, you want to push your parents to the wall. You want to know you're loved. You are loved. They do love you. They may not know what to do with you because you kind of don't know what to do with you. But if you do your best, you'll see that they are doing their best. But if you keep looking at everything they do wrong, you're probably looking at everything you do wrong too. 
and probably what everybody else does wrong. In this, it's, it's a dream, but it says so much because when we sleep, our brain wants to take everything we've taken in and put it in some kind of order. And it's funny how in dreams, like the first one felt like the Hunger Games. Well, that's what you feel like. And this one sounds like, look what I've done now. Who are you doing it to? Whose time are you taking? Taking your own. Just be you. Had I not made that phone call that day, I still remember sitting in the bathroom talking to my mom. And I really heard her bewilderment. She just didn't know what to do. And I wanted to be free of the chains of my culture because it was so limiting. But the cool thing was, was that we understood that. We didn't want to hurt each other. It's really interesting. What made me call that day? But I knew that day that I did accept who I was enough to face my mom without a fight. I faced her with love. I faced her with love. And that gives me a sense of peace, not because I didn't talk to my mom and she died but because I accepted myself before she died. Enough to have a conversation that would normally ignite a whole scene. But I didn't come to say, you did this and you did that. I didn't blame. Because I stopped blaming me before I even got to my mom. And all I can say about this dream is truly, I know I had two more dreams and I'm sorry, I will hold them till next week. But in this dream, in your life, in your world, take a breath when it comes to you. Just stop trying to be something for someone that pushes against others to be right, to be stronger, to be better than anything. Being our best, period, is more than enough work to do for a lifetime. Because whatever we choose to do, if we put in that same energy that we do when we push against our parents or our spouses, our partners, our boyfriends, our girlfriends, whatever it is we're pushing against. Reclaim that energy. Reel it in. Bring it into your world. 
and use it to push your life forward and everything else will gain perspective. Because then you'll be like, wow, you know, you'll notice all the people that are working towards their lives because now you'll know what that looks like. Instead of, I wish I was them. Look at, they're doing this. I want to do that. I want to be good at this. And you think you're going to just go in and do what somebody spent a lifetime doing in a day or a month. And then when it doesn't happen, you think nothing works out for you. Things do work out for us when we work out for the stuff we're doing. This is a very gentle way your mind is trying to say when you say my worries were thieves in my mind. About your parents accepting you like this. Keep in mind For today, if you're hearing this now, just take a breath. Let yourself relax. Ask yourself what the race is. How much a part of that race you really want to give your time to. You guys, thank you for your dreams. I'm sorry I didn't get to the other two, but boy, this one got me on that level. Have a great Thursday. I will see you tomorrow. We have questions on Friday. Have a great day. Bye-bye. You have been listening to today's Daily Dose of the Nadia Khalil Morning Show. To learn more, visit www.nadiakhalil.com.